Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is episode number 40. What is it? Man, 40 episodes in, bro. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Some longevity. It is. It is. <laughs> two plus years? It is. Wow. I can't believe it's been two years, bro. I know. And we recorded two weeks from the last one. I yeah. think something like that. Wow. We're actually on a somewhat of a, yeah, a schedule here. <laughs> we got a we got a special treat for you guys today. But uh, before we get into that, it's uh we got some taco talk to to get down to. I mean we were talking and um, I think both of us are trying to make some changes um, with our diet. Uh, so maybe we should say this is Flaco Talk that we're trying to get to, <laughs> to the Taco Talk. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, for me, I've got basketball season coming up. And I would love to just drop a few pounds, just, uh, you know, make it easier on my knees and my, my ankles. They were my ankles and my knees were barking at me last year when uh, when I was trying to play with the boys. And, and you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we play a lot with the boys so we can give them um, you know, some, some competition and just kind of, um, give them more of a, of a, of a practice so that they can, you know, be ready for a, for a game. So, you know, we, you know, I'll, I'll play or, or coaches will play, um, or, or coach Hennig and, and we jump in and, and they've got height and, you know, bigger body. Obviously we can't move as fast as these boys, but, um, but we can bang around some bodies and, and uh, well, obviously we play a little smarter, you know, not harder. Yeah. Uh, you know, with our passing and that sort of thing. But we just want to, we want to create that offensive environment for them so that they can get better defense. But anyway, all that to say, man, is, uh, yeah, last year was a little difficult because, uh, you know, I had, I had a few extra pounds that, uh, yeah, just didn't help out at all. Yeah, for me, it was uh, more of the doctor saying, hey, if you don't want to die early, you need to make some changes. And um, life catches up to you in that way, right, when you make poor decisions. Yeah. yeah. And- I always think of the weeds in the yard and um, when it rains, if you don't get them young and after a month, they're going to be all over the yard. And that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. The, the weeds have gone all over the, yeah. the yard. So, uh, yeah, it's been tough. Um, I have had maybe four pieces of pizza in the last uh, three plus weeks. Uh, that's four total. When I'll eat four plus in one city. Um, so trying to be good on that. But for the most part, uh, been really good about watching what I eat. Um, and it's not as joyous to come to this part of the podcast because it's not uh solid's pretty boring you know what i mean uh but it's 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 necessary evil you know i try to put i try to put a little bit of um extra protein in there or something you know the other day um my wife made some some brats and uh i thought i don't know what that tastes like in the salad so i just got one and chopped it up and threw it in the salad and it was pretty good how was that pretty good i enjoyed it yeah it was good you know so you know throw some chicken in there I, i don't know if I would do steak, what do you think? What's your take on putting steak in a salad? I think steak's fantastic. Really? That's good. In a salad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never tried it. I have tried the, the gyro meat, you know, the, like we get Yeah, that's good too. That's really good. That's delicious. Well, I worry they would have steak or you can get salmon salad. Um, and I'll alternate because I don't really like salmon that much. But I mean, I know it's probably healthier than the meat. Yeah. Um, so, but at work, it's like you pay by the ounce and it's like three fifty, and I can get a pretty hearty steak for, I mean, a pretty hearty salad for that. It's amazing. I saw that. I saw the picture you sent me. That's that salad looks amazing, bro. I think they undercharged me because it was ninety eight cents like one day, and then the next day it's three fifty. So, and the guy that took the salad looked at me like, um, "Where's the rest of your food?" He saw me like, "I know you're just not eating this by itself." <laughs> where's the fried chicken? Yeah, where's the fried chicken? And, uh, so, <laughs> and then we had fried chicken last week at Feed on the Blast. Yeah, 
which is uh, very hard. And Rebecca bought some baked chicken, so I had that, and uh, that, that was difficult to. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, bro. I was eating the fried chicken right in front of you. <laughs> well, we went to In and Out, you know, and then had the protein style cheeseburger, and you got to do the fries, and that's okay. I know what I'm going to do. So, yeah. Um, but we hadn't started the diet at that point yet. And that was your last meal. It was. And I told Diane, I'm like, you know, I, if I'm going to, you know, lose some pounds before basketball, basketball starts around November, I was like, I'm going to do it now. I better start now. And so I, no, no better day to do it than today, you know. So we, I started Monday and here we are. So I did my official weigh in and uh, I think I've been pretty good. I feel pretty good. Um, I've been doing uh, intermittent fasting along with dieting, which has not been as difficult as I we'll thought. We'll come up on this podcast a little bit about uh, fasting. Yes, we will probably discuss a little bit about fasting, which is good. It's good for your body and yeah. good for your mind and, and other things too. There's a spiritual aspect to it. Um, I think that. I don't, I kind of, it's hard because like if you're doing the, the intermittent fasting for dieting purposes, I don't know that that's, I feel like there's no, like I'm not doing it for the spiritual. You know what I mean? Like I'm not looking, I'm not seeking for, for the Lord's face in something. So I don't know. I kind of feel like that's not necessarily spiritual, but it is good for your body. Well, in a sense, if you, I mean, if you get hungry, I think the thing is to remember and that's when you pray and ask mm. God for strength. Yeah. Um, because you, you will get hungry. I mean, Friday nights, I used to fast every Friday. I'm um, thinking after thinking about going back to that. So mm. I may go Thursday night to Saturday morning. Wow. I would do these a 36 hour fast um, for few months. 36 hours, bro. Typically. So the most I've done is like almost 40 weeks. Wow. So cause I eat an early dinner and then I eat again to Saturday to like or something. Wow. But then you got to watch what you eat because you're introducing food and if you don't do it the right way, then. Woo. Well, if you're hungry at that point after fasting, you, you almost. You pig out, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you, you probably have to really watch. Well, the things you eat will come right through you if you're not careful, is what I'm saying. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, I, mean, I gotcha. You're gonna gotcha. be close to the, to the restroom. <laughs> and they tell you, like, just to be gentle with your body, just don't, like. Yeah, don't jump in and eat. Yeah, here's a steak and eggs and. A soda fries. Yeah. Then you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be blowing it up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, the salad has not been, has not been bad. I did, um, I did a, a protein shake, uh, yesterday, which is, it's it's a concoction. We put a bunch of different stuff in it. Uh, I put like um, almond nut butter. Uh, I put in some hemp seed. Um, I think there's a little bit of flax seed in there. Um, blueberries, ice. Um, I can't remember. There's a couple other things I think my wife puts in there, but it was pretty good. I, I mean, I, I had a I had a protein breakfast, so I had you know a couple strips of bacon, a couple eggs, and then I had the protein chicken. That's all I ate yesterday. And I felt pretty good. I, I thought I was going to be hungrier. And I was, I was doing some some pretty heavy activity yesterday. And I thought I was going to be hungrier. And, and it turns out I, I really wasn't. I had a, had a power aid just because I was super dehydrated. I think I'm still dehydrated since I sweat a lot yesterday. But uh, but I did pretty good, man. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Well, I was talking to someone last week. And he was telling me like he has a shake. And he was talking about his health issues. And he's like, yeah, do you know that they have Dr. Pepper in a um, syrup? And I was like, no, I didn't know that, you know. And I like, I love Dr. Pepper. So I used to go on, I used to allow myself when I traveled on a plane to have a doctor. So I'd have, I'm going to fly next month over and probably tell me that I can't do that. I have to get a water or something. <laughs> and he tells me like, yeah, make this shake. He told, he lists a lot of healthy things, right? Like you were just listening. Yeah. And then he said, yeah. And then I put about two or three squirts on this Dr. Pepper syrup. And I'm like, bro. Like that's, that's that can't be good, right? It's like having a salad and putting a bunch of, uh, you know, Thousand Island dressing, which I love. But it, <laughs> and he thought this is healthy. I'm like, eh, it's a lot of sugar, man. Yeah, like 
three pumps of the syrup or something like that. I don't know exactly, but he said he pumped that. He, he, I think it's like a big container that he just, he has a thing lined up and, you know, just hooks it up. Goes, I love Dr. Pepper and I have a Dr. Pepper every day. Well, see, I'm not, a, I'm not a big sweets guy. You know, I, I don't, um, I don't crave necessarily, you know, uh, pastels or, or not pastels, pasteles, how they say in Spanish. Um, or, uh, you know, cake or, or, uh, cookies or anything like that. But it was interesting because Saturday night, uh, I had some friends over and, uh, they brought over, uh, tres leches cake. Oh, the cake. And it was, it's from Costco, bro. It was, it, it was delicious. And, uh, you know, they're, they were leaving and they're like, Hey, you want us to leave you some? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, leave me a chunk. So they left me a chunk. And then Sunday I decided, okay, I'm going to go on this diet. So Monday I'm looking in the fridge and I see the tres leches and I'm like, bro. <laughs> Hello. Is it me? So I took it to my parents. They ate it, but, um, man, I really wanted it, but it was really good. Um, but yeah, I'm not really a, a, a sweet eater. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't crave uh, sweet things, but you know, in retrospect, you, you end up eating pasta or you end up eating bread or rice. I love rice or I love noodles, yeah, noodles, bro. tortillas. Oh, yes. Almost every morning. Ooh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, you eat, you eat sugar in different formats, you know, and sugar, sugar is really not the best not thing, the best thing for you. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of people that say, and I don't know, you know, that, that's one of the number one causes of cancer. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And it's possible. Maybe it is. I don't know. I just know sugar is not. It's not good for you. Well, I know if you get like cancer, like a, doc, a lot of doctors will recommend, I don't know about block, but some doctors will recommend you go on the keto diet because it's low sugar because they said sugar feeds cancer. Um, so I, I think there's something to that. And I love crumble cookies. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I asked the doctor, I go, can I have crumble cookies? And uh, she's like, no crumble cookies. And then she stereotyped me, bro. And she's like, no tortillas. I'm like, what? What is a tortilla? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know wrap like oh yeah okay a tortilla yeah 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 I like the tortilla chips. You look at me like no tortillas. So like come on, bro, bro. I seen a I saw a video the other day about um, crumble cookies and it was funny. I was an Instagram reel I think or something and the guy was like, yeah, you know, the I guess they got a label on there and it says it. You know, a, a cookie is um, I, I can't even remember two hundred and some calories I think. He said, but if you read it, it's a quarter of a cookie. He said, so when you eat a whole cookie, you're eating like almost, almost a thousand calories just on one cookie. And then if you eat multiple cookies or you eat the whole box, the whole box is like 10,000 calories crazy. Yeah. Something like that. It was some crazy numbers though. And I was like, I thought of you because I know you like crumble. And well, I would eat a half usually. And then sometimes when I had no restraint, I'm like, I'm going on it. Like on my full graduation, co- full cookie, full cookie. Full cookie. Just think of my graduation. Like we went out, right? We went to Luminati's. <laughs> I had several pizzas, the pizza. I had the wings, and then I had crumble cookie afterwards. Oh my! Like I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't die on the way home. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Like, right? Going diabetic coma. Well, I mean, we are somewhat active. I know you do a lot more running than I do. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of running, but uh, you know, I do play basketball on occasion. Yeah, I know. It's purely hate for me though. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I actually uh, this past week jumped on my uh, stationary bike, which was cool. I hadn't done that in a while, and like I said, I was doing some activity yesterday, and and you know, required lifting and bending over and all this stuff, you know. And it um, it felt pretty good, man. I feel like I'm a little sore today, to be honest, but it it was good. Part of that just we just get older, right? And I don't recover like I used to. And sometimes I just get numb. You know, yeah. Just after yeah. a while, just everything hurts, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. So yeah. It's not bad. Well. Let's uh, let's get into um, our interview today. Before we do that, I just want to quickly mention uh, we are still raising money for our camera. We got a little bit more money in. I actually I didn't tell you tell you about it, but uh, we did get a little more money in for that. And um, 
So we're thankful for that. Thank you for those uh, that have donated. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're still on track. Uh, we're, we're trying to raise money for a, for a new camera so that we can do our, our podcast uh, in, a, in a nice video format for our YouTube viewers. Um, so you can visit AbundantLife.fm. You can click on the donate button on the upper right-hand corner. And uh, you can actually see there's a little temperature gauge there that shows um, you know what, how much has been donated and, and what we're, we're looking to, to get. And so... Uh, so visit us abundantlife.fm and and if if you cannot donate, no worries. Uh, what we would ask is if you would just pray for us and just pray for uh, the Lord's provision on that. God is good and He always provides, and so we're just we're thankful for what God has already provided. We're thankful for all of our listeners, and uh, we just we thank you guys so much for your support and your prayers. And today we have a special guest with us. Uh, he's he's a he's a U.S. Army Ranger, a paratrooper, a former West Point psychology professor. Uh, he's got a, a black belt in ho, hojutsu, uh, the martial art of the firearm, and has been inducted into the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. He has published four novels, wow. two children's books, uh, and six nonfiction books uh, to include his uh, perennial bestsellers on killing with a half a million copies sold and, and a New York Times bestseller uh, book co-authored with uh, Glenn Beck. Uh, since his retirement from the U.S. Army uh, in 1998, that's the year I actually graduated high school, uh, he, he has been traveling uh, full-time as one of our nation's leading trainers for military, law enforcement, mental health providers, and school safety organizations. And, and there's so much more I could say about this amazing individual, uh, but we, we'd like to get to the interview. We'd like to get to the interview at some point today. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Hello, Ben. It's awesome. Good, good to be back on with you guys. And, you know, yeah, that's very nice. He talked about that guy, whoever he is, he needs to go get a life, you know. But, but I, I want to mention to your listeners that Ben uh, had put together our new website, GrossmanOnTruth.com. And uh, Ben did an awesome job of putting together our new website. And uh, uh, we're, we're, we're grateful for all you did to make that happen. Iron sharpens iron, brother. We're, we're, we're on the same team. Amen, brother. And, and you know what? It was a pleasure to do your website. I, I appreciate all of you, everything you've done. Thank you for your service and all you've done and contributed to uh, our military, our law enforcement, and all of these all of these agencies that have a lot of negative light upon them in, in our yeah. current uh, day and age. But thank you so much for, for what you, you have done. Um, we, we really do appreciate it. You know, hold, hold our nation up in prayer because these are crazy bad times. Things are orders of magnitude worse than, than you, you could imagine they were. Medical technology is holding down the murder rate. You know, the number of dead people underrepresents the problem because the docs are saving ever more lives. Uh, and, and, but still, in 2020, we had three times greater annual increase in homicides than anything we have ever seen. Uh, we had the record number of cops murdered in the line of duty last year. And this year, we're on track to break that record again. Uh, these are desperately bad times. Violence is loose in the land, and we need the Lord in our land, and we need the Lord in our hearts and minds and our families in this hour. Amen. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. In fact, um, we, we typically kick off our, our show with a, with a key verse. And so, Sasso, uh, would you mind uh, kicking us off, brother, with our, uh, with our key verse for the day? And then from there, we're just going to go ahead and we'll bounce into the interview. All right. Uh, we're going to go through Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 11. And the Bible says here, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. 
And, and so uh, one, what the, our, our main topic today is, is uh, spiritual warfare, uh, putting, putting on the full armor of God. And uh, what's really cool, um, I've got one of your books here uh, on spiritual combat. Um, this, is, this is an awesome, it's a 30-day uh, mission for, for victorious warfare. And so it's 30, 30 daily devotionals that you can go through. And it's, it's talking you through this, um, this spiritual battle that we're in. Um, just like you said, there's a, there's a lot of evil in the world today. And I know in a lot of your talks, you talk about love, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but so, so my, my first question, you know, in your book uh, on combat, which is uh, this book right here, you said there's two types of people. There's those who engage in battle, and then there's those who are victims. Uh, would you say that the same, uh, it's the same for spiritual warfare? Absolutely. You know, it's, we talk about the sheep, the wolf, and the sheep dog. You know, we don't want to be the wolf. We we, we don't want to be evil. We don't want to be criminals. We don't want to feed on others, but we don't want to be the victim. Right. And, and, and that, that leads us to be the sheepdog. But when we take that wolf, the sheepdog model to the next level on spiritual combat, praise God, it was a Christian Book Award finalist, pretty cool, uh, and still touching a lot of lives. Been out just a couple of years and already pushing 500 five-star reviews. At, uh, uh, but uh, I know when we get there, that God will embrace us as his children, and we will understand things, and we will see things that we cannot even comprehend right now. But it's all I can think to be God's faithful sheepdog, you know, just just God's faithful dog. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, uh, that's the best I can do. You know, I've, I've got a great little dog. She's a chocolate lab. Her specialty is finding chocolate, you know, and, you know, she'll <laughs> dig the whole closet out to find a three-year-old Hershey's Christmas kiss in the corner and, uh, and, then, and then poop little foil, you know, in the yard, <laughs> you know, and if I let her off the leash, she wanders into the neighbor's yard and she rolls in something stinky, but I still love her. And, and, you know, the only thing she can give back to me is, is her love and, and her affection. And, and that's, you know, that's where we are with God. You know, as soon as we're off the leash, it seems like we're doing something, uh, you know, that, and, 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 but he still loves us. He sees every bad thing we do. He still loves us. And that's all he asks of us is our love. And that's good because that's all we got to give. But, you know, the thing about being God's dog, uh, a man named Will Rogers said, if you get to thinking your fellow some importance, try telling another man's dog what to do. You know, you ever done that? You know, you, the, the, the dog looks at you and says, look, I, I'm just a dog. I don't know much, but I know this. I'm not your dog. Yeah, you know, right. and, uh, master. <laughs> and, and, and when the when the evil one comes for us, we can look in the eye and say, hey, look, I, I, I'm not your dog. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I, I don't have to listen to you. Uh, I, yeah. I don't have to obey you. I know right. who my master right. is. And, uh, and and there's great power in that. And the whole, you know, Christian sheepdog model is really taken off and and, you know, in the Bible, we mentioned, Jesus mentions the puppies under the table, you know, and, uh, but we don't hear about dogs much in the Bible. And, and they, dogs were generally considered to be kind of unclean, and, but they were there. Uh, and, but today, we, we love dogs, and we embrace dogs into a fuller degree than we've ever done before. They're, they're great companions and great friends. And, and I think that idea of being God's faithful sheepdog has really caught on. And the idea that our cops and fire and EMS, they're, they're sheepdogs. And, uh, and we, we want to minister to them. We want to bring the Lord to them. 
And, uh, and, and we are all such tragic, flawed sinners saved by grace. Uh, and we just praise God that, that, that God loves us and accepts us uh, the way we are. You know, and then we, we take on that full armor of God. You know, I began the book on spiritual combat with the equipment issue. You go to basic training on the first day. You do the duffel bag drag, you know, you, you, you walk out the door with a hundred pounds of equipment, you know, and, and, and you're, you're staggering down with this big old duffel bag on your back and everything hung off you and you stagger <laughs> in the barracks. And, uh, uh, and the first thing you do on the first day is, you know, you get, you get the haircut and you get your equipment issue and, uh, you, you know, and boom, you know, all of a sudden you're a transformed human being, you know, you're wearing a different kind of clothing and get a different kind of hair. You know, and when you're in basic, all the guys you, you knew because of their haircuts, now you can't recognize them anymore. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of it is one, huh? that's it. That's and it. that's us. You know, we're transformed yeah. people when uh, when we take this equipment issue and we begin the process, begin the spiritual battle. And Ephesians chapter six, of course, is that that spiritual issue, and it's the foundation of uh, of, of of what the battle's about and what we do. And I, so I always like to ask you a follow-up question, not a follow-up question, but a just separate question. In your 30-day devotional book on the spiritual combat, uh, your first mission is to identify the adversary. Can you just tell us how important it is to identify the enemy and what happens if we fail to identify Hey, but you know, when we think about uh, identify the enemy, you know, when you're in the Arctic, you know, fighting against an armored force, uh, you, you, you need anti-armor weapons and you need equipment to keep yourself warm and and and. And when you're in the jungle fighting an insurgent force in a totally different equipment and a totally different, you know, skill set. Well, we're in spiritual warfare and you can't fight this spiritual warfare without spiritual weapons. We understand the enemy is forces of evil. The enemy is Satan and, and, and the enemy uses many human minions. So we've got to be prepared to fight the fight at the physical level, but even more importantly, at the spiritual level. Yes. And so that fighting the fight at this physical level, that's on combat. Taking it to the spiritual level, that's the next book, that's on spiritual combat. And so, you know, all of the, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've got uh, stuff on the wall that were gifts here, you know, we got the, the helmets and headgear and so on. All of these secular things, you know, we got a little Roman armor there, you know, with the, the helmet and the, uh, and we got the, the sword. Up. We got the sword up there, you know. But but the truth is that all of these secular, you know, these these worldly instruments are useless when it comes to spiritual battle. We need supernatural equipment to fight a a spiritual foe, and that supernatural equipment is given by God. You cannot do it any other way. You cannot fight evil in your own power. You, you will be destroyed. You've got to do it the way God tells you to. Uh, you know, the final piece of equipment issue is pray ceaselessly in the spirit. And prayer, Amen, that's right. prayer is the radio. And if you're not no. under authority, yeah. you know, your radio requests for resupply, your requests for, for artillery, they, they, if you're not under authority, say, who are you on this radio net? You know, come come under authority you know, let's let's and, and and then we'll we'll see about about answering your radio calls. You know, to, uh, you know, we, we, if, if we if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive yeah, us right, our sins, right. of all unrighteousness. And uh, and and so it's a matter of being uh, uh, under His authority, accepting God's equipment, and fighting this vicious vicious 
spiritual battle. And it is, it is, you know, I tell people, keep your eye focus on the ball. Uh, our, our nation eventually will die over my dead body. Our son will die, but eternity continues. And wrap your mind around that. The son will die in however many millions, billions of years, and yet eternity continues. So the most important thing we could ever do here on earth is to bring people to the knowledge of salvation and everything else completely pales by comparison. And, and, and that's our mission. You know, when we talk about what our mission is, you know, we, we, after the equipment issue, the next step is our mission. What's our mission, you know, to, uh, to, to love God and to love people. And if we truly love them, then we'll bring them to the knowledge of salvation. And, and that's our that's our core mission right there, and and that's uh, that's what we're striving to do. We, in this war, we win by saving people, not by killing them. We win by bringing them to the knowledge of salvation. And again, that brings us back to identifying the enemy, and and our equipment has got to be focused on the spiritual battle. And and we have a supernatural set of equipment. We have a loving Father who's given us exactly what we need Amen. to be triumphant in this battle, and that's a beautiful thing. Amen. And, and our desire for this podcast, the reason we started it is to kind of you know, prep people or to help believers grow in their spiritual walk. And then also we've had some challenges to the unsaved as well. Uh, we all have family members that will listen to the podcast just as a, because hey, do you recognize these two goofballs on the, <laughs> on the air? Um, but in Mission 24 of your book on spiritual combat, you referenced the motto of the U.S. Army in Fort Bend, Georgia, which is follow me. Um, and we cannot be a good soldier, as you said, of Jesus Christ if we do not follow him. Um, have you ever come to a place in your life where you found it difficult to follow Jesus due to the circumstances of life or just disbelief you may have had in your own? Yeah. You know what? Uh, Jesus says, follow me in the Bible oh, over 20 times. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it's his motto. And then here I am, you know, going to airborne school and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, OCS and infantry officer basic, my alma mater and, and their motto is follow me. The patch says follow me, you know, and, and I, I never made that connection between follow me and, and, and Jesus. You know, he, he wants us in our army. He says, follow me. Uh, but we fall short every day. I think that's part of being God's faithful sheepdog, you know, sinners saved by grace. We fall short. How many second chances does God give us? He gives us infinite second chances. He forgives us. He accepts us and we move on. Uh, and and just on a steady basis, we fall short of the mark, you know, and well, we could be digging deeper into the word, you know, we, health issues stop us from going to church. And that, and yet we just put one foot in front of the other in faith. And uh, and we know that we have this we have we have complete forgiveness and that our sins as far as the east is from the west. And, and he starts fresh every day. You know, my dog gets in trouble. You know, I, I, I tell her no, you know, and, and, and I reprimand her and, and, you know, five minutes later, that was history as far as she's concerned. You know, she, it's just ancient history as far as she's concerned. And that's the way we should be, uh, recognizing that, that, uh, God loves us. He, uh, uh, he died for us and, and there is no end to the limits of his love, but we have to accept it. That's the only thing we have to do is accept what he's given for us. That's all he asks of us. You know, people say, well, well, why couldn't God make it more obvious? You know, why, why has it got to be so hard? Well, that's not faith. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's not faith. That's in your face. You know, God it, it loves us. Have you ever heard the thing, if you truly love something, let it go? 
if it comes back, it's yours. That's how much God loves us. Uh, he, he loves us enough to let us go. What kind of a loving parent would hover over their child for their entire lifetime? Uh, you know, that, that's not love. That, that's, that's obsession. And, and God loves us enough to let us fail and to, and to let go of us. But he wants us to come back to him. The only thing he asks of us is to love him and then to love people and then to bring people to the knowledge of his salvation. And then Galatians 6, 9, and do good deeds, you know, and, and you do good and never grow weary of doing good. In the fullness of time, you reap your reward. Uh, and, and so live that full, rich life that God has provided for us. Uh, uh, but, but every day we fall short, you know, every day. You know, we could be no more time in the Word and more time in prayer. Things get in the way, but but we just keep putting one foot in front of the other in in, in fellowship and in and in and in love for God and, uh, and and things like this. You know what an opportunity to come back around to think in spiritual terms and and it's just invigorating. Uh, your listeners out there, listen to this right now. Uh, you're being focused in a good direction, and and may it be a blessing to you, and may it be invigorating to you that you're you're out there seeking this deeper level of knowledge. And we call this the abundant life, and uh, thankfully this has hit uh, countries that we didn't know yeah. existed. Yeah. I, I failed that I mean, the geography testing. Is cool. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see how God has used this. Uh, amen, amen. It is, and what a great way to put it, Also, It is so cool to see how God is using us. Amen. It is so cool to see what's happened. You'd look back and say, did I write that book? No. <laughs> you know, God wrote that book. You know, the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever is good in there comes from God, you know. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit did that, and and you stand back in awe, and you say, you know, praise God, you know, and thank you, Lord, for for making that happen. Amen. I just thank God for God's grace. I mean, like like you said, it's inevitable. We're gonna we're gonna fall. Um, we're we're flawed human beings. Romans three says, "There's none righteous, no, not one." Yeah. And um, but it's amazing that we have God's grace and we have His mercy. And like you said, just like your little dog, you know, your little dog messes up. I have a little dog also. And, uh, you know, you get after her and then, and then, like you said, it's, 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 you know, five minutes later, it's, it's thing of the past, but, you know, like yes. you said, you mentioned the verse earlier, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to just connect, have that connection with God, have that relationship with him and, and keep ourselves surrendered, which is not easy to do, yes. uh, especially on a daily basis. I mean, the, the Bible tells us to, uh, to die daily, carry our cross, you know, pick up our cross and, and die daily, and it's not an easy task. Um, but that is what that is what we're called to do. The Christian life is not for uh, for yes. people. Yes, <laughs> you know, I make you That's true. I make the analogy in the book to this 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 walk to a distant peak. You know, you see the mountains off there, and you pick the highest mountain, and you start walking towards it. And, and there's low spots in the valleys, and there's high spots in the foothills, mm-hmm. and 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 the highs and lows, but but you hit a point where you're in the foothills, and then you're in the mountains, and and your lows could be very low, but your highs are ever higher, yeah. and and you're you know, as you go on this walk, and then one day we die, mm. and then boom, we're at that we're we're at that goal. We've yeah. we, we've reached that goal to live as Christ and die as gain. But, but what we're told to do is pound is to is to 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 think at all joy yeah. when the bad things happen. That's you know, hard. I, 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 yes, you're right. Yeah. You know, Romans chapter five, you know, Nietzsche said, what doesn't kill us only makes us stronger. 
I told my audience, Nietzsche stole that from the Bible. You know, Romans chapter <laughs> almost 2,000 years for Nietzsche, we glory in tribulation. For mm-hmm. tribulation, work of patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope make it not a shame. Romans chapter 5, right there at the beginning of the verse, mm-hmm. when it when it, when it says, you know, count it pure joy when 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 we're, we're, we we encounter uh, adversity in life. Yes. And so those low spots in our walk are, are every bit as much of a blessing as the high spots are, you know, and, and we just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we we pray that, you know, we, we're, we're able to be a witness to others and bring others to the knowledge of salvation and, you know, to love God and to love others. And and one of the most wonderful things, the, the sequel to On Spiritual Combat is actually at the editor now. And we talk about how much God wants us to ask for greater faith, mm. to ask for more love, yeah. to come back to God and ask for those things. We know well, it's just part of that Christian life. He wants us to come back and ask him. You know, the, the man came to Jesus and, and you know, to, to, and, and Jesus said, you know, if you had enough love, if you have enough faith, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. He, he said, I believe, help my unbelief. Boom. That's all Jesus asked and did what he asked him to do. You know, and, and that's all he asked. The problem is, is we we ask him this, like the, the book of James says, uh, you know, we we, um, we desire things, yeah, we, but we consume it on our own lusts and our own desires. But we should be asking just for what you said, you know, we should be asking for more faith. We should be asking oh, for yes. um, for wisdom, just like Solomon did. I mean, we should yes. be asking for for these spiritual uh, gifts that God gives yes. us. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, I've got a I've got another question for you. So we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll continue. Are you looking to apply God's truth in a practical way to your everyday life? Stay in the Fight is a weekday devotional written by Sasso Mendez. This short three-minute read looks at a verse of scripture and applies it to life in a very real and transparent way. Sasso's blog-style writing is humorous, relatable, and a great way to align your thoughts with God's Word. Visit stayinthefight.online and subscribe to get notified by email when it releases each weekday. Stay in the Fight is a great way to keep God in your focus, and it's easy to share with others. That's stayinthefight.online. And we are back. And um, so so I wanted to continue the conversation here. Um, You know, we're talking about uh, spiritual warfare. We're talking about a lot of evil in the world right now. Um, I don't think a day goes by and I, I flip open YouTube or Twitter and I see something else going on. I mean, you know, as we record this podcast, um, I think just a, a day or two ago, uh, you know, Putin came out and he's, you know, escalating his war. I mean, there's just a lot of evil uh, happening in, in the world right now. Um, but what, what would you say to a Christian that is on the attack right now at the moment? Should they should they be preparing for battle? Should they you know, how do they prepare for spiritual warfare? What should they be doing? Well, first thing to understand is not to view the world with, with, with you know, this, this evil sleuths in the world, the war in Ukraine or, you know, World War II or the Nazi Holocaust. You know, you look at the most evil acts in history and recognize that God can use it for good, that God can use those things to bring people to the knowledge of his salvation. Uh, we talk in our book, uh, the, the sequel to On Spiritual Combat, about how it's possible in the in the in the centuries to come that the lessons learned from the Holocaust will actually do more good than all the harm that they could ever have done. We don't know that. We just know that 
God views things with a totally different eye. And, and his purpose is to bring people to salvation. He sent Jesus down to die for us. That's his purpose, is to love us and, and for us to come to the knowledge of his salvation. So when we see evil in the world, we've got to recognize how, how, how we've lost that perspective of viewing it with God's eyes. And in God's eyes, you may think this is a terrible evil, but it's bringing people to the knowledge of salvation. No, no bad thing in this world, the most awful, evil, horrendous, terrible thing in this world, uh, if it's a, a lifetime of suffering, is nothing, nothing, nothing compared to eternity in heaven. I mean, if you truly grasp the, the awesome immensity of eternity, then you realize that our little life here is just a blip, a, a, a diminishing, eternity goes on and on. As it goes on and on, our life gets down and down and smaller and smaller. So in the face of this evil, then, in, in the face of this evil, what are we supposed to do? And, and, and that is to turn around and, and ask God for more faith and ask him for more love so that we can fulfill the mission that he's given us. And, and our mission is just to tell people about, about Jesus and about how he laid his life down for us. And and uh, and there's never been anything remotely like Jesus. You know, we have four four literate witnesses who independently wrote out an account of what happened. We had untold thousands of witnesses of his miracles. We have we have you know Muhammad. You know, where's your four independent you know witnesses? Jesus didn't write it himself. He had other people witnesses and write it. You know, you know, Joseph Smith, where's your four independent witnesses? Where's your miracles witnessed by untold thousands? You know, that nobody in history can compare. And then w- when we look at the Old Testament and we look at the Old Testament, it doesn't honor any human being. Look at King David. Look at the bad things he did. But look at the bad things you did. How, how would you like to have all the bad things in your life recorded for posterity? But King David allowed that, and Solomon, his son, allowed that throughout history. If you wrote bad things about the king, they killed you. And then they, they got rid of all that bad stuff. You know, just no human being is, is, is uplifted in the Old Testament except a coming Messiah. And all these verses, and then how those verses are fulfilled in the New Testament. There's never been anything on the face of the earth even remotely like that. I mean, it just, it should just it should just grab us in our excitement in the immensity of, of what's happening thousands of years of just dozens of independent authors prophecy after prophecy fulfilled by Jesus four independent literate witnesses four separate parallel accounts of of, of his miracles thousands of people who saw it and then to turn around and have him reappear in front of the disciples uh, uh, I, and, and he said, well, God, why didn't you reappear to, to millions of people? Why didn't you reappear to me now? Well, that's not the way he works. Again, that comes back to his love and, and the fact that he did it once. You know, I, I think as, you know, if, you know, I do a lot of work with the Catholic faith. I've got a lot of neat things that are happening there. Um, you know, I'm, my walk is, is spread wide, but it's mostly Protestant and, you know, Bible Baptist uh, uh, slash Korean. But, I think we're really missing something by not looking at the martyrs of the faith. 
And, and that's something that Catholics really do a beautiful job of, is look at these martyrs of the faith. You know, not only did, did 11 of 12 of the disciples murder for their faith, all they had to do is say, okay, it was all a big game. It was a con job, you know, and they don't have to be murdered. Men don't die for a lot. That's right. And three out of four of the gospel writers were murdered for their faith. In both cases, the one left over was John. And and John spent his final years in exile in an island, of just wretched exile in an island, you know, writing the, the, the final book, a book of Revelation. You don't spend your life in exile for a lie. But then we've got that second generation of believers, people who were brought to the knowledge of salvation by the disciples who watched the disciples die, mm. and then they laid their life down and died. Men don't die for a lie. And this is solid Roman history of all of these disciples of the disciples who, who went to their death rather than, than, than repent this, this thing that happened to them. And so we go out with this excitement uh, and, and, and doing what God asks us to do and, and the knowledge of his salvation and the knowledge of the incredible work that he's wrought in our lives. And all he asks is for us to accept the price that he paid. Uh, and, and and that's 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 an astounding thing. Nothing in the universe. Christianity is by far the biggest religion across the world. You know, we we look at these guys, we look at those guys, and we're, are they going to be in heaven? Well, that's that's for God to decide. You know, but but right now, if if you were if you were to say, okay, if there is a God, uh, He would be providing dominion and blessing to His people across the years. If there is a God, His word would be translated into every language. If there is a God. His word would be in every hotel room in, in the land. And his temples would be in every nation. If there is a God, you know, he's not hiding under a rock somewhere. People say, I found God. He's a new age God. He was hiding under a rock. And me and five other people know the truth. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your God's not much of a God. If, he <laughs> if you're hiding under a rock, yeah. If he, if he hasn't been able to get his word out across all these years, you know, where was your God all the rest of the time? Where was your God in prehistory, when our God was writing the prophecies of what's to come, where was your God when 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 he he was he was murdered and and resurrected? Uh, where where was your God when the martyrs were dying for their faith? Where was your God across all these years? You know, it's people found God under a rock somewhere. I'm sorry, your God's not much of a God. Our God was there from the beginning, and and so we keep coming back and answer to your question. We keep coming back to that spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. And what looks like evil in this world, but looks like, you know, we, we say early on in the book, we say, don't curse God when he doesn't answer your prayers the way you think he should. That's right. Uh, and, you know, he, he's got his own plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we can't convince God to be on our side. We can only be on God's side. Mm -hmm. That's right. you, you can't convince him to be on your side. Your only thing you can do is to be on his side. Mm -hmm. And he's made it very clear what his will is, what his intent is. Uh, and, and that's out there in that great mainstream. People want to find God under a rock somewhere. I'm sorry, but he's there in that mainstream. He's out there in that church around the corner. He, he's not, you know, and, well, I want a special relationship with God. Well, that's the amazing thing is that every one of us has a special relationship. You know, I used to make fun of the song, uh, uh, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share when we tarry there. None other has ever known. None other has ever known. Mm. Oh, come on. You know, and I, I made gentle fun of that. And then I realized, no, the song's not wrong. I'm wrong. 
this, this, this omnipotent God is completely capable of having a separate, special relationship with every single one of us. That's right, amen. And the voice we hear as we tarry there, none other has ever known, is right. And God's capable of that, of doing that, of coming to each and one of us specially and differently and uniquely. But that's, that's just astounding. We don't put limits on God's power and authority. He's fully capable of having that independent relationship with us. You know, go to that local church, go to that local local house of worship, go back to the, to the, to the church of your youth, embrace it, and realize that God is there, and he's calling you there. And he said that we forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Mm-hmm. That part of your faith walk is to gather with other other believers in Bible studies and in in in, in church, you know, and and uh, and to just take that next step on that path of faith. Long answer to a short question. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You you, you talked about uh, uh, Hebrews there for a minute. You were talking about not forsaking the assembly of yourselves, and that was our last episode of the podcast, which is really cool. The importance of church. The importance of church. Yeah, and, and gathering and, and what a what a beautiful thing that the church is, the way God orchestrated and set all of that up. Um, I wanted to quote a quick verse, and I know that you kind of touched on this uh, just with your answer and, and the verses, uh, and it's out of Romans. We've been in Romans a lot today, which is cool. Uh, it says, uh, this is Romans 8, uh, verse 28 and 29. This is a couple of my favorite verses. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that they may be the firstborn among many brothers. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of controversy or whatever among theologians about, you know, the predestination and, and, and foreknowledge and all that. And I, I, But what I like to look at and focus on on this verse is uh, it's just to be conformed to the image of his son. And I think that's the point. I think, you know, God, like you said, you know, we go through these uh, valleys and these hills and, and God is with us at every moment of those of those lows and highs that we are. Um, and, but the, the primary purpose of all of that um, you know, God, God allows things in our lives and, and, and circumstances, but the primary reason is so that we're, we're conformed to the image. Yeah, be so. That's our goal. That's our, that's our objective. Yes, and, yes. and what did Jesus do? He laid down his life at a very young age. Yes, uh, and he laid, what, what, if, if we're to be conformed, we lay our lives down. You know, I love, I love John, you know, uh, uh, John 15, 13, greater love is no one than this. Mm-hmm that they lay down their life for their friends. But there's many ways to lay down your life. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Boom, to me, that was, there are many ways to lay down your life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and and to to live your life in service to others. That's the sheepdog. You know, nobody, nobody becomes a first responder for the money. Nobody right. becomes a sheepdog because they want to get rich or famous. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 our, our riches are in heaven. Our reward is in heaven. But we're following that path of service. And, uh, and, and, and that's such a beautiful thing to be able to, to be focused in that direction. Amen. So, so I have a, a, a follow-up question, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty basic question. I, I'm sure it's a, it's a, to me it's a basic question, but I, I'd love to hear your take on it. How important is faith in the spiritual warfare? How important is faith? Faith is everything in spiritual warfare. You know, God asked us to ask for more faith. The disciples asked Jesus, you know, how do we get more faith? You know, it lies at the core of it. And the answer is to ask for more. And we take our little tiny seed of faith. We say, God, you know, I want to believe. I help my unbelief. 
and, 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 and he blesses that and he answers that. And I tell people, if there's just a little tiny bit of you that says, I wish it was true. I wish there was a living, a loving God. I wish there was eternity in heaven. I wish it was true. But then see that wish for what it is as a little kernel of faith and invest your faith and ask for more faith. Take that one little tiny seed of faith and plant it and recognize it for what it is. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it's faith. And take that little tiny seed of faith and ask for more faith. In, in the end, you know, faith is belief in things not seen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to believe things that we haven't seen. We didn't personally witness Jesus' return from the dead. We didn't personally reach out like Thomas and touch his wounds. Right. We, but we heard from them and we knew they laid their life down for that belief. And men don't die for a lie. And, the, and it's a fulfillment of, of prophecy. You know, all of these prophecies in the Old Testament fulfilled in the New Testament, boom, they're just, they're astounding. And, and so it all comes back to faith. And the thing to understand about faith is it's good to ask for more faith. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, I think part of our Christian walk every day uh, should be praying with our spouse. You know, God's word says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Wherever two or more are gathered. So this special mojo, when you and your prayer buddy pray together, and my wife and I pray together every night, it's the one thing that, that we that we managed to get done in, in our days. And, and I, I, I've always evolving that prayer. And one of the things we ask for now is, is, is God give us both greater faith and greater love for you and for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think when husband and wife ask God for greater faith and ask God for greater love, a love for God and a love for each other, that we come back to God asking for these things. So it, faith is everything. It, 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 you know, it, it, it's the core and the foundation of everything. But recognize the fact that every human being has a little bit of doubt. I've, I've only met one or two people in my life who said they absolutely no doubt about their belief in God. I said, whoa, that's, that's just now. I'm not sure if I believe that. I got to believe you. But, you know, I, I, as a human being, how can we be completely, how can we completely believe? There's always this kernel of disbelief. And, and all we can do is just keep planting our faith and asking for more faith. And then one day, you know, we'll see it all and it will be a glorious thing. But right now, we just keep replanting our little seed of faith. And that's, that lies at the core and that the sequel to On Spiritual Combat, becoming out on spiritual warfare. Uh, we talk a lot about asking for more faith. You know, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Uh, we said that's, that should be a praise the Lord and ask for more faith. Our first response anytime to anything should be, God, give me more faith. Uh, help, me, help me have greater faith, Lord. And then right after that is greater love. You know, love for you and love for each other. That's our mission, to love God and to love others. And we go back to God and ask him for that love. And, and if we ask him for it, he gives it to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you talked about, so you talked about praying with your wife and just how important that is. And just God has given us a spouse for that spiritual support and we're to be the leader of that. Oh, in, the, in the book, you talk about spiritual warfare and talk about locking shields together. Is that what you mean or is there something else you mean by that? Well, you know, that's, you know, when we, when we look at secular warfare, uh, you know, when, when the, 
the Romans were, were brilliant in, in, and, in their warfare. They had big old shield. You know, we got the, you know, we got the shield right back there. You know, it's a big old shield. And, uh, and they would, they would lock their shields together. And, and then the, the one behind on the second rank would put the shield overhead. And it was called a tortoise. And, and it became like a tortoise. They were the ones on the side could put it out this way. And, and from every direction, you were shielded. And so the arrows would fly and they were neutralized, you know, and, and the attacks from in front of you was neutralized because we locked our shield together. So, yes, you and your spouse should lock your shield together. But really, that's where the church comes in. And remember, you know, the church is not a shrine for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. Yes. You know, the church the church is not going to be full of these perfect people. There are no perfect people. We've got to go to church with a loving, open heart, knowing that we're all human, knowing that we're all flawed. Not, don't go into church in a judgmental manner. Go into church knowing that this is a hospital for sinners and this is this is just a group of wretched sinners who are trying to move themselves forward in faith. But this is where we really lock our shields together when we come to this body of believers. This is where, you know, that you and your spouse are two lonely people with your shields side by side. But when we join together with believers, then we can form that tortoise. Then we can form that 360 shield all around us uh, that will protect us from the enemy artillery and the archery and everything else that will will come at us from all directions. And the, those would be the fiery darts from uh, from Satan, right? Boom. Amen. Amen. And from the world. You know, we, we know Satan uses human minions, and we know that we've got to be prepared to win this battle physically and spiritually. But the physical battle is nothing compared to the spiritual battle. Spiritual battle. So, we, we, you know, we I do a lot of work with church security. And the church security is a ministry all by itself. Uh, and and people will come to the church who might not even otherwise be called to the church because they're called to come and protect. They're sheepdogs. And uh, but but remember that that physical security is very important, but it's nothing, nothing, nothing compared to eternal security and to eternal salvation. And, and know that we got to fight the physical battle, but never keep your eye on keep your eye on the ball. Remember, our nation will fall over my dead body. Our son will die. But eternity will continue. Keep your eye on the ball. And, and that's eternity and bringing people to the knowledge of salvation and letting your walk and your life be a living witness to make that happen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to take one last break and then uh, we're going we're to wrap up with a few more questions. And uh, so we'll be right back. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115. And we're back. And so um, just continuing the conversation here about spiritual warfare, um, can you tell us about, because in, in uh, Ephesians 6, it talks about the, the helmet of, of salvation. And from what I understand is that you use um, the helmet of salvation as an illustration uh, in your full armor of God presentation. Can you, can you, can you elaborate on that? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I'll show you something here to you, you know, and your viewers here. You know, there's a, the Roman helmet right there. Okay. And then around here, there's uh, back in the corner there is the is a modern military helmet and, and vest there. And, and what I do is uh, I love to do youth presentations or even even adult presentations, but I got a couple of youth. There. And I'll, I'll put one of them in the in the Roman armor, and I'll put one of them in the military modern military armor. And, and I talked to him about, you know, how the helmet is the one piece of armor that we wear across the years. You know, World War One and World War Two, they didn't wear armor, but they still wore the helmet. And construction workers wear the helmet, you know. And, and you know, a, a lot of people wear the helmet. You know, why, 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 is, why is this the one part that we protect? Well, my brain is what makes me who I am. I can lose my arm. I'm still me. I can lose my leg. I'm still me. I lose a kidney. I lose a lung. I'm still me. But if I lose my brain, I'm not me anymore. And so physically, the helmet is so important in protecting the most important part. But spiritually, the helmet of salvation. And, and, and this world can chew us up and spit us out. And we just curl up in that helmet of salvation, knowing that eternity is coming for us. Mm. So what I do is I... You know, I, I put my two little demonstrators there, and they got no idea what's coming. You know, one's got the Roman helmet, and one's got the modern helmet. And I got a little stick that I, I cut, and I, I put little notches in it ahead of time. So this, I smack the helmet, little piece flies off. I said, neither death, bang, nor life, bang, nor principalities, bang, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature mm. will be able to separate us from the love of God. And I reach out. Amen. Hug them both, and they're kind of shell shocked and stunned, right? <laughs> but, but the thing is, the world can 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 beat on us, and 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 our body will be in the end. We'll all be old and feeble. We hope we live long enough to be old and feeble. <laughs> our body will be chewed up, but that helmet of salvation is 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 what is it vital? We can curl up in that helmet, and everything else becomes secondary in the knowledge of salvation. And and of course, once we get salvation, it's not. That the next step is to give it to other people, to, to pass it on to others, to have them wear that helmet of salvation. But that knowledge of our salvation is, is truly protecting what's most important. Uh, you know, again, you know, physically, you know, construction workers and military, you know, throughout the 20th century when nobody wore any armor, we still wore our helmets. And in the same way that spiritually is protecting the most important part of us, that is mm. the salvation, the part of us that continues on after this body's been chewed up and spit out. Mm. And we talked, so that's the defensive part is the, the helmet. So just kind of going on the offensive, uh, we have the sword of the word. We have God's given us his word. And Jesus used this to quench the devil, right? When he's being tempted, he quoted scripture to him after, I mean, I don't know of any man that 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we get eight hours and we're pretty hungry. Uh, we get hated and grouchy. And so how can we yeah. use the sword of the word in a practical sense on the offensive in today's culture? You know, I, 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 it's funny, you talk about fasting, and it, it's worthy of mentioning and weaving in here. Um, you know, I, I try to fast a couple of, once or twice a week, and it's good for your body, it's good for your longevity, but it's also really, really good spiritually. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when the, the disciples tried to cast out a demon, and it was a demon of destruction, a demon that threw the body into the fire, a demon that was doing damage. And uh, and Jesus said, you know, these require prayer and fasting. 
If, if we're really going to do battle against forces of violence in this world, if we're really going to be successful against forces of violence, we should combine prayer and fasting. And, uh, and, and, you know, just, just try, you know, going, uh, you know, overnight with, you know, just try going for 24 hours from dinner one day to dinner the next day. That, you know, have dinner and have dinner, but nothing in between. That's a 24-hour fast. I really try to work on a 36-hour fast a couple of times, a, you know, once a week at least. You know, you, <clears throat> you go to bed, and all the next day you eat nothing. And then you go to bed with your stomach empty, and you get up in the morning, and golly, breakfast tastes so good. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know Jesus, 40 days from writing the book on spiritual combat, we were really under a time crunch. And so I did 40 days of fasting with absolutely no sugar, no sugar, no honey, no sugar added. You know, 40 days can be a long time. <laughs> but, but it was prayer and fasting that God will help us with his book and, uh, and move us along. You know, Jesus did 40 days with no food. You know, I mean, that was pretty amazing, like yes. you said. Yes. Uh, that, you know, he, he was supernaturally empowered. Where just me going 40 days without any sugar was was hard, but every time, you know, when you're fasting, you know, people shouldn't know you're fasting. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm fasting, it's a hard day for me. No, no, no. You're supposed to do it so that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and every time it gets hard, pray. Every time it gets hard, ask for more faith. Ask for greater faith. Every time it gets hard, every time you think about eating, every time, you know, and ask for more faith. And let that remind you to pray. And that's how prayer and fasting interweaves with mm -hmm. each other. Uh, and, of course, in the end, you know, I know, you may be saving this for the end, but, you know, in Ephesians chapter 6, it ends with praying ceaselessly in the Spirit. And most people don't realize that's the last ingredient in the equipment issue. That's the radio. Mm -hmm. And we should be on that radio calling to our higher authority uh, and constantly, constantly asking for help. And that's where prayer and fasting comes together. Uh, and, and those weave together. Does it does that does it answer the question, Sasa? It does. I appreciate it because I know we talked about just um, the defensive and just the offensive and just how I don't know how she combat Satan after forty days of fasting, but with God's word, and that's God said the importance of um, it wasn't food; it was not the spiritual yeah. food. Yeah. Right? Said, I, I like the way you put that. Yeah. yeah. Think about the defense versus the offense. You know the helmet. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield, those are all those are all defensive weapons. Our offensive weapons is the sword of the spirit, which alive and powerful and sharpened into its sword, piercing even the kind of gets under the joints and marrow of the soul and the spirit. Amen. Our offensive weapons is God's word and prayer. You know, with one lonely Roman soldier with a sword, one lonely infantry soldier with a rifle, I know we we can't do much. But if you get on the radio and call for artillery, call for an airstrike, you know, if, if your higher authority deems it appropriate, you can call a tactical nuke and duck real hard with a mushroom cloud of appears anywhere where the enemy used to be. We can call for medevac. We can call for resupply. But our offensive weapon is first and foremost prayer. Uh, as a lonely infantry soldier, the radio is the most important thing. And I can call in tons of ordnance and tons of firepower and, and maneuver elements and bring other firepower into the battlefield. So when we talk about defense versus offense, remember that we begin with defense 
But then we go to offense with the sword and then prayer, which is our most powerful offensive weapon of all. Uh, You know, funny, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece of parallel to the Roman soldier. But at the end, when when the author talks about about pray ceaselessly in the spirit, they literally didn't have a piece of technology to take it that next step. They didn't have the radio, but we do. And, and, and it takes that, that model to that next step and helps us fully understand how, how important prayer is and to pray ceaselessly in the spirit. And, and we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to give us our sins, cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And, and then when we pray in the spirit, boom, uh, it, it's got power. When we pray with a, with a prayer buddy, then boom, you know, whenever two or three gather my name, there am I in the midst. And all of this works together to strengthen your offensive power. And to get on the uh, knee bone to get to the prayer phone. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because that was that was my next question because you parallel radio communication with prayer, um, and, and it's it's priority. And I think a lot of people they'll read through that whole uh, section of Ephesians on the armor of God, and you've got all of these things, but they never they never end up with the prayer. They, the prayer yeah. is the most important. It's the very last one, but it's the most important aspect of of spiritual warfare. It's how we do battle. It's how it, it's how when the rubber meets the road. I mean, because you're armored up. I mean, you're you got everything, but the prayer is when the rubber meets the road. That's when you engage in the, in the battle. First and um, foremost, yeah, pray for more yeah. faith. Just yeah. lay that foundation. I'm praying for more faith. Uh, first and foremost, and, yes. and and that builds that foundation that we go on to come ceaselessly in prayer, constantly in prayer, and, and again confess your sins and confess your failures to God, and uh, and then come to Him in prayer. And pray for more faith. And that's where the prayer and fasting comes together. You know, every time you want to eat something, every time you feel an ugly or ornery because you're fasting, pray. What do you pray for? More faith. You know, and more love. And and, and, and then you roll from there. Amen. Amen. So it, this has been an awesome, awesome episode. I, I, I don't think I have a couple more questions, but I think I want to end it right there on prayer because that, that was the most important, the important thing. Um, so what I want to do, uh, as we wrap up is I'd love to give you the opportunity to just tell us, where can we find, how can we find you online? Um, you know, and what, what kind of, what kind of resources do you have? I know you've got, um, I've got these, these two awesome, uh, devotionals here on spiritual combat and bulletproof marriage, which is, is awesome. Uh, I do have the on combat, but you have a bunch more resources books coming out too as well. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, the sequel to this is coming out. Um, but where can people find you online? And, um, and how, how can they, you know, get in touch with you, that kind of thing? We've got a brand new website, uh, grossmanontruth.com. The truth on combat, the truth on killing, the truth on spiritual combat. Uh, I've got an awesome new right-hand guy, Mike Baldwin, who uh, came in, you know, full disclosure. It's not so brother-in-law. And they're the one that put the, their website together for us. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're rocking. Uh, grossmanontruth.com, we got our online store. And we've uh, we've we've got uh, links to other supporters, and uh, we'll put a link into this this podcast here. Uh, and uh, but it's all there in one place, grossmanontruth.com. Uh, one other book that we didn't mention is uh, my book, uh, uh, Assassination Generation. I I was invited to the White House as part of President Trump's roundtable on violent video games, physically. Mm-hmm. Slid the book across the table to the president. Hit his water glass. Oh, God, I hit the president's water glass. You know? And then uh, <laughs> back to the White House, 
uh, by Vice President Pence and, and had a chance to put one book in his hand. That's a book up in his hand, Assassination mm-hmm. Generation. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the, the violent video games and the evil that we're feeding to our children? You know, understand that aspect of the battle. Uh, and my book on killing, um, first book that came out, half a million copies sold worldwide, co-authored a book on gun control with Glenn Beck uh, called Control, New York Times bestseller, not one single review. Not one single review. New York Times bestseller. Just do an online search for Glenn Beck book Control, The Truth About Guns. And, uh, I, I mean, you, you can attack a New York Times bestseller. What you cannot do is the entire industry refused to even say a word about it. But uh, check out that book. Uh, again, they're all on the website. We'll recommend them to you. And, uh, and, uh, and we'll have a link to, uh, you know, down the road to our, our social media. You know, we, we've got a, a a nice presence on uh, on Facebook and on uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, you know Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, and we'll, we'll we'll be able to do it that way as well. Does that does that answer the question? That's yeah, that's awesome. That's perfect. And and what I was going to say is we'll put we'll put all of these uh, the links uh, to to your website uh, and and your social media. We'll put those on the show notes at abundantlife.fm. And uh, Man, I just I just want to really thank you for, for coming on the show, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, it was an honor to have you on the show. We'd love to maybe sometime down the road and have you again on the show. And maybe we'll talk about your next book or something. We can figure something oh, out. Man, but, uh, and truly, yeah. truly, it's a two-way street. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. I just feel so blessed and I feel so empowered to be able to talk about things. As, 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 as iron sharpens iron, so there's one man uplifted. I, I saw a guy who kind of translated as a blade sharpens a blade, you know, and, and, and may our blades sharpen, may our iron sharpen each other. It's been a mighty blessing. It's a two-way street, and we pray that everybody that hears this will be blessed. In Jesus' holy name we do. God bless Amen. you, gentlemen. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you again, and, and hoo Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at AbundantLife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you.